and looking forward to Friday's game against Canisius. Gesundheit. Uh, that's a great joke, by the way, and I don't care what you say. That is a good one. But Canisius comes in. Canisius n- narrowly losing to Miami last night down in Coral Gables. Wow. So, Pirates who... Not looking so easy now. No. No. Pirates who uh, did not shoot the ball well last night uh, have to shoot it better. Lots of problems on offense. I thought defensively, even though South Carolina State apparently did some different things than what you know they were anticipating, um, that... You know, that I thought defensively it got down to they made the defensive adjustments and just started making plays when they needed to. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I, I thought ECU was a little bit better defended on the perimeter as compared to previous seasons. Uh, yeah. Still some work that needs to be done there, but it, it's nice to see a little bit of improvement in that aspect because that used to kill us. Pirates just shot, uh, just shot 25% from the floor in the second half and were 1 out of 12 from behind the arc in the second half, just six of 27 shooting the three. Uh, and that is a uh, 22%. You are not going to win many games shooting just 22% for three. I guess the thing that was really baffling to me is some of the things we'd seen in the preseason and the scrimmages and the practices scrimmaging in practice, a lot of the things that these guys were doing, because I mean, they had those super top secret scrimmages that, you know, they have, uh, against other D1. That's no like the cameras. Worst, Don't yeah, bring any cameras. Worst kept secret in college basketball, but, you know, teams that will not even dream of playing one another in the regular season all scrimmage against each other in the preseason usually. And especially ones that don't have kind of an exhibition game. You know, ECU's usually scrimmaging certain schools. Oh, yeah. And it's just, it's kind of amazing that, um, <laughs> that, some of the things that ECU did really well in those scrimmage games, they were not doing last night. Joe Dooley said as much, but that was that was the concern. Uh, I liked uh, I liked a couple things I did see. Uh, I thought Vance Jackson, he led him in minutes. I, I thought Vance Jackson was interesting last night. He He's, had flashes. He was a little inconsistent, but you could see flashes of really great athleticism there. I like this toughness. Yeah. Um, I thought he he was able to draw fouls. Now you got to make free throws. That was the issue last night. Yeah, didn't make free throws. The guys who had played in the program previously were all perfect from the foul line. The newcomers were not, and that includes some older guys. But I was impressed with Vance Jackson. I thought he was tough on the glass. I thought so too. It was kind of nice to see uh, a big for ECU playing that well. I was impressed with Brandon Johnson. Who came uh, off the bench and and was had a lot of spring. Love him. Uh, Eleven and thirteen. Now he kind of played at a lower level JUCO, but he was a great high. He had a great high school senior year. He's the Cap Eight Player of the Year. Which, if you know anything about high school basketball, the Cap Eight's a pretty legit basketball league in four A basketball in the state. I thought uh, obviously JJ Miles was doing JJ Miles things, shooting the ball really well one half and not so great in the second. That's JJ Miles' game right there. JJ Miles, right there, streaky, and he's still our best three-point shooter. Apparently, was last night. And then uh, I thought Tristan Newton, who did not—I'm just going to say it—did not play well. Yeah, I thought down the stretch he was the toughest guy on the floor. 
That's the thing with Tristan is, uh, is something he just got to really put it together because we've seen at times in games where we have unbelievable games to just take over, just take over the ball game for ECU, and then other games you just will not show up and just it's it's kind of like where's Tristan at? Where's this athleticism we saw uh, in the previous game? He was good down the stretch though on both ends. I thought, and uh, he got he got buckets, got to the line when they needed him to. Uh, I thought Tremont Robinson White played well defensively. I thought he played well. He had well, nine especially. assists. There's more to basketball than just scoring, Ben. Okay, I know. Okay, he had All nine right. assists. Fair enough. He had nine assists. I, I still want to see a little bit more from him. He had two blocks and three steals. I like him defensively. No, no, he was great defensively. Gotta make some shots. Yeah, but I mean that's just not part of his deal. Um, here's a couple of things. And look, I mean, there's, there's overreaction central to any game. Of course. The first football game of the year, I thought, who it's going to be a long year. Cause I, I just, that night the pirates didn't play well, but after that they got markedly better and have been market and obviously are winning right now. Yeah. I mean, if you only saw that game in terms of ECU football, you would have thought they had improved whatsoever over the off season as opposed to the previous seasons. It was kind of really concerning. There were four guys that played last night, three of them a good amount of minutes, that were not on this roster last year. And so you had that, and so you had those guys needing to kind of blend together. There was one thing I observed last night, and I just didn't see the – it seemed like there was that one guy that had been the go-to guy, or that, and it ended up being Tristan Newton, but there wasn't that, okay, this one sort of go-to guy. The guy's going to lead us through the thing. Again, Newton kind of emerged as that. I thought Johnson displayed some of that as well. Vance Jackson displayed some of that as well. It th- was different guys at different times. You right. thought at some moments maybe it would be J.J. Miles. At other times you thought it would be Johnson, and yeah. you just didn't really know who it was or who it was going to be. I think right now it will be interesting to see what this team will look like a little more complete with R.J. Felton, the freshman, who's going to make freshman mistakes, but also uh, what you may or may not see uh, – when we see Winston Tabs, because I think Tabs is a, a guy can make moves. He's a scorer. The thing that's concerning about Tabs is apparently in his rehab and post surgery, there's there's some things that have not reacted so well with his knee, and that's scary. That's that's concerning. And look, if you don't have him this year, I think you're going to see a lot of what you saw last night, and that is a team that's going to play really hard but is going to be really inconsistent on offense unless somebody can emerge. But we'll play some we'll play some good defense. Defense got better as the game went on. And look, South Carolina State, um, Tony Madlock is a really good basketball coach. And I'm not I don't want to insult anybody with the MEAC. I've covered MEAC games over the years. Got a lot of friends in the MEAC at MEAC schools. But usually when you get a first year coach in the MEAC, it's somebody who's not that season. They don't have all the years of ex- so. I mean, they're it's kind of young, like their first big game, right? Well, it, it might even yeah. I mean, it's, it's be a, their first head coaching job right. in general. In the- it's but and they're usually younger. They're a younger guy yeah. who maybe hasn't had some big time assistant. Tony Madlock has had some big time assistant jobs, and I thought last night he had had his team ready to go. Uh, his son was great. He was really good. His son is gonna be. Uh, really, really good. He finished with 11 points and six rebounds. He's really going to be a great player in that league. So 
A lot to build on, and I, I would expect ECU would get better. The thing that I think has got to concern you if you're East Carolina is you got outscored in the paint. And a lot of that is South Carolina State was taking it downhill and driving it on you. For ECU, they were getting the ball in the paint. They just weren't finishing. And had uh, a hard time with easy layups last night. Yeah, missed ECU a lot did. of shots. Um, so, yeah, I, I just I think there's some things that have to be to be hashed out. Well, it, I think it was clearly an adjustment game, an adjustment period. I think that was evident with the starting lineup. Most of the starting lineup was guys that played last year despite the fact whether they're maybe starting caliber players or not in this conference, I think it was just a matter of just adjustment period, just getting guys acclimated into the lineup and to playing basketball is what that game kind of seemed like. I also um, was really glad to see the students show up and show out a little bit. They did show out on TV especially. Oh, yeah, for sure. But uh, they did show out uh, and show up last night. So I hope the students will keep coming out. I hope they'll come out Friday. One of them made a bigger impact than I thought watching the broadcast. I didn't realize he made that much of an impact behind the scenes. But uh, What are you talking about? Um, hey. There's I, something else that happened. I'm not going to say it here on the air. I'll tell I'm you not going to say air. it either. I'm just saying draw your own conclusions. Figure it out. Think back to the game. What happened? I, what was happening behind the P-Man? Oh, I know. Okay. Well, I wasn't going to bring that up. but I had no idea that was going on until my wife showed me when I got home. I didn't realize it was that big of a deal. But apparently it was. Well, apparently it was. But if you're going to do something, be a little more creative. Yeah. I mean, if I agree. try to go viral. Just don't be, you know, a, a jerk for the sake of being a jerk. Yeah. Be creative. It looked like somebody who didn't know what to do on the camera. Looked like he was just coming up with something on the fly. Wasn't good. Realized he was on camera. It was like, oh, I got to do something. To be a jerk, right? Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. But, I mean, do something creative that gets you to go viral if you're going to act a fool. Right? Yeah. Put it. Put that on. What is the, 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 it's not the TikTok, the other thing that you kids like. What is it, Courtney? What is it, Courtney? Yik-yak. The yik-yak. yik-yak. I mean, if you're going to go, if you want to go viral on the yik-yak, come up with something, come up with something, you know, creative. I don't know much about yik-yak, but if you're going viral on yik-yak, that is not a good thing. Courtney, That's is it good to go viral to on yik-yak or better to go viral on the TikTok? I would say TikTok, yeah. She says TikTok. TikTok. Okay. Well, she's the one that brought the Yik Yak into the conversation. Hey, Yik Yak is fun, but it's... Look, there's a lot of things on that Yik Yak that I've heard that go on that might not be real good for some people. A lot of it is just straight up bullying. Just straight up... Really? Yeah, straight up just high school, middle school... People going at each other? Bullying, yeah. Really? It's pretty bad, yeah. Wow. Okay. Because there's sure some there's sure some allegations that have been cast on the Yik Yak, from what I understand. What's anonymous, so you could just make baseless allegations right? and not get held accountable for uh, it. Some so. of these allegations could have some some. Teeth well, yeah, to of them, course, but, but I'm saying you could say anything about saying. anybody, and well, if it, you're doing it yeah. behind the the guise of anonymous yeah. postings, yeah, happens all the time. Apparently, you've never been to the Boneyard Banter or that other one oh, on the yeah. message board. Well, I'm not a complete loser. So <laughs> whoa, whoa. I'm just saying. So my words. Says, somebody says to me today, said, "Boy, Ben has really gotten a uh, opinionated on your show." I said, "Yeah." I said, "I've got to teach him how to say things so we don't get sued." But, <laughs> uh, but other than that, I don't think we'll get sued for that. Well, uh, no, not for that. There's been a few other times I, you've walked that line finally. But hey, I, I'll take it. Is that a I'll, B baby? I'll take it. If, if someone's willing to sue, sue, sue me. They'll get a truck. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. Let's get a truck. Go ahead, Steve. Uh, wait a minute. All right, now stop. Hey, I, my, the button slipped. I'm sure. Gosh. 
No, that's what they do on the message boards. They post anonymous uh, stuff, and so that's kind of what Yik Yak is. Yik Yak is the message boards for your generation. Yeah. Ah, makes total sense. Took an idea and made it better. We've got uh, tick, a four-pack of tickets to give away to the Friday night basketball game against Canisius. We're also going to give you a four-pack of tickets to the Sunday game against Western Carolina for Pirate Basketball. So not only do you win four tickets to Friday night's game, but we'll hook you up with four tickets to the Sunday game as well. Caller 5 right now at 252-561-GAME, 252-561-4263. If you're Caller 5, you'll be a winner. When we come back, we'll hear some of Coach Dooley's comments. Brian Mull is also slated to join us today. It's 252-561-GAME, 561-4263. Caller 5 will win tickets to ECU basketball, both games Friday and Sunday, family four-pack for the weekend. We'll be back. Patrick Mornings, Adam Gold Middays, Patrick Johnson on the way home. The best sports talk lineup in the Pirate Nation is heard right here. Right, let's go. 94.3 The Game, the flagship station of the ECU Pirates and Eastern North Carolina's home for sports. Woo-hoo! More of the Patrick Johnson Show is coming up. To say that college life has changed is an understatement. And now, Greenville has the top luxurious student living complex in the country. It's the Jolly Roger at the corner of Cotanch and 14th Street. From the rooftop pool to the first class fitness center, there's even a stadium viewing deck where you can watch your pirates. The Jolly Roger offers one to four bedroom pet friendly apartments with cutting edge detail finishes in each unit and private study spaces on each floor. Come see it at 1307 Cotanch Street or learn more at live at Jolly Roger. Their past, present, and future football watchers. Football is back! Just how you remembered it. Tailgates with an ice-cold Pepsi in hand? Totally back. That between-play sprint to the fridge for more Pepsi? It's back, baby! (laughs) I really miss this. Anyways, consider this your official excuse for always putting football watching first, courtesy of Pepsi. That haircut appointment? Your mom told us you look great, so you should probably reschedule. Seeing the in-laws for the first time in ages. It's been so long. Nope, sorry, Susan, not if it's on Sunday. Long story short, after the year we've all had, we think you could use a little football watching. So crack open a Pepsi and cheer your football watching face off. With love, Pepsi. Made for football watching. (sighs) That's what I like. Hi, this is Billy Parker from Parker's Barbecue. Did you know that we cater? Let us cater your next private event, church gathering, or backyard party. From traditional pick pickings to regular chopped barbecue, Parker's has anything you need. Parker's, where you're always treated like family. Before your next fishing trip, head to Greenville Marine Outdoor Shop. Just outside of Greenville on Marine Drive, Greenville Marine Outdoor Shop has one of the largest inventories of rods, reels, and fishing tackle in the area, plus accessories to help make your next trip a success. Greenville Marine Outdoor Shop also has hunting accessories, equipment, and sportsmen on staff to answer your questions. Whether you need hunting, fishing, clothing, or other supplies, make Greenville Marine Outdoor Shop your one-stop destination. Open Monday through Friday to 5 and Saturday to 1230. At U.S. Cellular, we can help everyone stay connected for less. And less also means more, as in more choice. Right now, you choose any phone and we make it free. Plus, get unlimited data for $30 a month with four lines. U.S. Cellular, America's locally grown wireless. Terms apply to uscellular.com for details. Now that life is returning to normal, we've found a lot of good things that came from the pandemic. One of them is not having to go to the wireless store anymore. 
The Cellular Warehouse team has been in the business of delivering phones to your home and office for 20 years. People found out about our free delivery service and they love the ease of getting a new phone, tablet, or hotspot. Call Toby Williams today at 252-799-7051 so you can start experiencing the joy of never going to a wireless store again. 252-799-7051. Cellular Warehouse, your local U.S. Cellular authorized agent. Pirate basketball lives right here. Right here. Flagship station of the ECU Pirates, 94.3 The Game. My guy Brett over from K-Town Staydown, winner of the basketball tickets, so he'll get four to the game against Canisius Friday night and then four uh, against Western Carolina on uh, Sunday. Patrick, if you heard the call, you would have thought it was draft night or something and his son got drafted. There was people gathered in the living room screaming and cheering that they won some tickets. Is it that was right? awesome. Yeah, they were they were excited. Brett's a good guy. It's a K-Town original right there, Lenore County guy. Solid, solid human. I'm happy for him. I'm excited yeah, for him. Good thing. Uh, tonight, a partly cloudy sky and uh, 43 below. Uh, tomorrow, a high of 75, and then uh, overcast with showers at what? Showers at times Thursday night. Thunder possible, 61. Friday, 60% chance of rain, mainly in the morning. And then uh, Saturday, 66 and sunny. 59 and sunny Sunday. 57, some clouds on Monday. Uh, Veterans Day tomorrow, by the way. Uh, United States Marine Corps celebrating its birthday today. So uh, shout out to my favorite uh, favorite Marine, uh, Mr. PK, holding it down there 90-plus years in uh, Newport, the town with old-fashioned courtesy. Fifteen days until Thanksgiving, Benjamin. Time to hit the gym. I got I mean, to gotta prepare for it. Hit the gym after. Hit the gym after, Ben. Uh, last night, so it's going to be in the 40s tonight, I guess 61 tomorrow night. So, you know, we're in between uh, places now. We're moving into a place in the spring, new place. And uh, we're, we're somewhere temporarily now. In the safe house. Well, <laughs> it's safe. It's probably the safest place we've ever lived, actually. But um, I get home last night, and my wife's already, you know, in bed. And the air conditioning doesn't work. And we're... Oh. Big on running the air. Like a little chill. Honestly. Yeah, like a little chill. Well, um, but it's kind of cool in there. I had the AC guy come over when it was hot, and he told me, he said, well, we've got, uh, you need to turn this, take this fan and turn it and blow the hot air out of the bedroom, and that'll cool it off, which it kind of has. Wait, wait, wait. So he was supposed to fix right, it, and he to just told you how to fix it. <laughs> He's fixing it. He, <laughs> Did you pay this guy? I didn't have to, no, because we're, we're right now we're in between and we're renting a place gotcha. right now because okay. we're in between. Gotcha. And so, <laughs> which I'm glad I did, because you know what I'd have done? I'd have probably socked him if he had done if I were paying him. All right, listen here, pal. Here's so, how you fix it. Right. Yeah, just turn this fan that, around. You see that fan you have in your closet? Right. Turn it around and blow the air out of your bedroom. So I get home last night, and now, like, ceiling fans, we're running them in the winter, 
you know, you got to have some circulation. I'm, oh, yeah. It's not so much I got to stay cool. I just don't like stagnant air. There's nothing worse than stagnant air. Yeah, you got to circulate the heat. Cir- well, just signs. circulate the air, period. Yeah. Not the heat, the air. So I get home and that fan is not on. Uh oh. Well, it's on. I thought, well, my wife's obviously cold. So I'm not going to turn it on and freeze her out because according to the AC guy, this must be working. <laughs> according to the professionals. Right. So I, I go and, you know, I, I watch the end of the Duke-Kentucky game and then I get a shower and I go to bed and all that. And in the morning she shows, uh, you know, I, I get up early and do what I got to do and she's getting ready for work. And I, I said, I noticed you must have got up middle of the night and turned the air on. Were you getting a little hot? Because I, I was about to suffocate last night. She said, no, I just, I, I left the fan off because I wanted to hear if the dog had to come back here at any point while you were, in other words, the fan was making too much noise. So if the dog had come back so she could feed it one of the up tea times she does in the middle of the night. And that made no sense to me, Ben. And I'm sitting there thinking I'm sweating like I'm sleeping outdoors <laughs> in July. I'm trying to figure it out myself. Right. I'm, 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 I'm about to die. I'm about to roast because we're in this hot master bedroom. Because the air doesn't work right. And the little thing that is working to at least provide it to make it tolerable, she has it all. Because I'm thinking she's gotten cold. Little so Dash has got it made. Okay. <laughs> Dash, you know, let, me, or, let me tell you how many beds. Guess how many beds Dash has. In the house, guess how many beds he has. Ugh, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go over under, I'm going to say over three. You're right. It's a push. Now, if you count the couch, which he has commandeered, he has four. Okay, so it's four right on three. beds, four places for him to sleep in the house. Wow. And I'm not talking like <laughs> some ratty old dog bed. I'm talking like Top a, of the line, a palatial with, with blanket. He's not cold. Versace bed. Yeah, exactly. Damnedest thing I've ever seen. I, I do not have my Pirate Report sponsorship list. Do you have one in there? Yeah, I got you. All right, why don't you... Uh, Play the intro and then read who it's sponsored by. Today's Pirate Report. And now, Patrick Johnson with today's Pirate Report on the flagship station of the ECU Pirates, 94.3 The Game. Today's Pirate Report brought to you by Main and Mill Oyster Bar and Tavern in downtown Winterville. Great food and specialty drinks and craft beers. Also by Pitt Greenville Airport. Convenient and comfortable to Charlotte and then everywhere on the globe. Today's Pirate Report sponsors... Take it away, Pete. You just want to do the rest of the show. All right, Joe Dooley uh, saying that, hey, look, we didn't put in our best effort last night against South Carolina State. Cut one. Opening game, I, I, I thought South Carolina State did some, you know, Tony had them turned up and did some really good things. Um, thought they played with good pace. Um, you know, I said to our guys, I, you know, I wasn't very impressed by what we did tonight. We, we, didn't play like we're capable of, which was disappointing. I think some of that's attributed to South Carolina State's effort and some of the things. But we did some things I hadn't seen all preseason, which was a little uh, concerning. And maybe, uh, you know, we can, those are things we can correct. But those, I saw a lot of things I hadn't seen in the preseason. I hope I don't see them again. Coach Dooley on the Pirates giving up seven first-half layups. We, I thought we... You know, we played well in transition at spurts. A lot of it was I was more concerned about the way we guarded in transition. We gave up seven layups in the first, and that's some, a drill we do every day. It seemed like we were sort of caught a little bit off guard, and 
Um, you know, I don't know whether it was their speed or our lack of getting back and, and corralling the ball, but you know, we gave up seven points, seven layups in the first half, and at one point they were shooting 58%. Now we got it down to the low 30s or the mid 30s before the half, but um, saw some things that really uh, concerned me that we hadn't done all preseason. And uh, the coach of the Pirates, Joe Dooley, talking about the crowd and its impact on the team's performance. There's there's an acclimation pro, you know process, but there's also some you know throw the ball to an open guy, you know make an easy play, uh, you know you know if you the guy next to you is a little bit more open, throw it to him. Uh, make you know when you shoot 32, 22, and 57. I mean some of those are also constant. I mean we would we miss five in a row from the free throw line at one point um, with guys that can shoot the ball. I think. It was a little bit of an adjustment. Um, I asked the guys before, and, and I, I asked, actually asked the asked our, we, we talked about as a staff, was it going to be different playing in front of a crowd? And our guys says it, said it was, but it, does it affect your play that much? It shouldn't, hopefully. Um, we're going to play in some pretty big crowds, so if that one affects us, you know, we better get, get used to it quickly. Uh, and then uh, Joe Dooley on the transition baskets and second chance baskets. Well, our numbers were good. It was just the amount of easy baskets. I mean, you start thinking about whether they shoot 34 from the game or whatever it was, 35. And, and if we hadn't given up seven laps in the first half and we gave up a couple offensive rebound puts back, so some, you know, there was also a few drives at the end when, you know, we weren't going to foul. But, uh, you know, we, and once we got our feet set in the half court, we, we defended pretty well. But we need to make sure that those transition baskets, some of those second chance baskets are, are, are put away. And then. Smart Alec. Ben is who I'm. All right. Uh, and then uh, this is Coach Dooley on the Pirates, and they did. They got it deep, and they missed a lot of easy shots. Well, the 10 0 run was, I mean, that's, it was a, it was a one or it was two quick shots. It was a, we, you know, an offensive rebound that we turned into a turnover, and they were all transition points. And then, I, you know, we talked to our guys that all bad shots ended up in points for those guys. And I think the number we had on bad shots the other day when practice was we, we made 8% of a bad shots or tough shots. And, uh, you know, bad shots are the same as a, as a, as a turnover in our book. So, uh, you, you know, move the ball. And I thought it stuck a little bit. I thought we did some good things in spurts. But then I also, uh, we missed a lot of open shots also, which doesn't help either. I had a list here of all the football games moved to tomorrow night. There's only like a handful of them. Uh, but I do know that Edenton is uh, going to be playing at Northeastern tomorrow night on one hundred three on Talk one hundred three seven WTIB. Uh, okay, here it is: Southeast Halifax at Tarboro, that's been moved to tomorrow. Riverside at Perquimans, Hobton at Northside Boco, Edenton Homes at Northeastern, all at seven o'clock tomorrow night. So they've moved some playoff games up because of the weather. I've not seen any other ones announced today. Rose game will still be played here at seven on uh, Saturday. Who do they play, Ben? Do you know off the top of your head? Because I was asked that today, and I and I, I'm sad to say I didn't know that off the top of my head. I, I wasn't paying attention. Uh, we'll look that up for you, but we'll have the game for you. It'll be the second round of the playoffs on uh, on on uh, Friday. All right, uh, Brian Mull will be with us here in just a bit. But before we go to Brian Mull. Young Benjamin Byram is standing by, and he has uh, an update for you on uh, all going on in the Pirate Nation and beyond. It's our 94-3 The Game 2020 Sports Flash. (laughs) 
Thanks, Patrick. We start from Pirate Basketball as they win their season opener at home over South Carolina State 70-62. Returning starter J.J. Miles led the way for the Pirates with 18 points and four rebounds, while newcomers Vance Jackson and Brandon Johnson each recorded double-doubles. After the game, head coach Joe Dooley let it be known that there was a lot of room for improvement. Opening game, I, I, I thought South Carolina State did some, you know, Tony had them turned up and did some really good things. Um, thought they played with good pace. Um, you know, I said to our guys, I, you know, I wasn't very impressed by what we did tonight. We we didn't play like we're capable of, which was disappointing. I think some of that's attributed to South Carolina State's effort and some of the things. But we did some things I hadn't seen all preseason, which was a little uh, concerning. And maybe, uh, you know, we can, those are things we can correct. But those, I saw a lot of things I hadn't seen in the preseason. I hope I don't see them again. Meanwhile, some very tragic news out of Raleigh as former South Central basketball starter who had won a state championship with the team and Shaquan Jones was shot and killed on Benson Drive. Jones was only 20 years old. From the NFL, the Carolina Panthers are dealing with quite a situation as starting quarterback Sam Darnold will be out four to six weeks after suffering from an incomplete fracture in his throwing shoulder on his shoulder blade. The Panthers then promptly signed veteran backup Matt Barkley and placed Darnold on IR, but it was later announced that despite the signing, head coach Matt Rule is going to stick with his Temple guy and quarterback P.J. Walker. Meanwhile, Vikings running back Dalvin Cook is in some legal trouble after a former acquaintance of Cook accuses the Pro Bowl running back of assaulting her. Cook later went on to make the threat that the truth will come out in court. The Cleveland Browns have signed a three-year deal with their Pro Bowl left guard Joel Bitonio, and Odell Beckham Jr. has narrowed his interest to three teams. The reported teams are Kansas City, Green Bay, and New Orleans. From college football, Middle Tennessee will remain in the Conference USA after flirting around with the idea of joining the MAC. And Coastal Carolina head coach Jamie Chadwell claims that starting quarterback Grayson McCall could miss the rest of the season with an upper body injury. Wrapping up for Major League Baseball, despite being fired by the St. Louis Cardinals manager Mike Schilt, who currently resides in Eastern North Carolina as a finalist for NL Manager of the Year, and former All-Star outfielder Michael Conforto has declined the New York Mets qualifying offer and will become a free agent. That's going to do it for your 94 through the game sports update. I'm Ben Byron. We return on the other side of this quick timeout. Brian Mole on college hoops on the other side of this quick timeout here on the Patrick Johnson Show. More of the Patrick Johnson Show is coming up on your flagship home of the ECU Pirates. 94.3 The Game. The new Ace Hardware is open in Greenville at the corner of Charles Boulevard and Fire Tower Road. So get ready, Greenville, for great customer service. The new Ace Hardware features great grills from Traeger, Weber, Big Green Egg, and more. Plus, name brand tools like Husqvarna, Milwaukee, DeWalt, Craftsman, and the new Ego line. The new Ace also has a full line of Benjamin Moore paints. Get ready, Greenville. The new Ace Hardware store is open. Come see them at the corner of Charles and Fire Tower in the old Rite Aid location. It's time to think about gift giving, and Bertie County Peanuts has all you need to make everyone on your list happy. Whether you need gifts for friends and family or business appreciation gifts for clients and colleagues, Bertie County Peanuts has you covered. Check out their selection of gourmet products online at BertieCountyPeanuts.net. Call them at 800-457-0005 or visit them in Windsor at Powell and Stokes. Bertie County Peanuts, a Christmas tradition all over North Carolina. 
Finally, Greenville has a new PT's Grill. PT's Old Fashioned Grill is open on Greenville Boulevard across from Ashley Furniture. With burgers, fries, chicken sandwiches, salads, even two vegan burgers. PT's Old Fashioned Grill uses fresh, never-frozen beef and chicken, plus their famous hand-cut fries are prepared daily for each meal. They also have hand-squeezed lemonade and local beers on tap. For lunch or dinner, check out PT's Old Fashioned Grill on Greenville Boulevard in Greenville, and you'll understand what all the excitement is about. Finally, we're back to traveling for the holiday season. Save time, fly local at flypgv.com. Whether you're flying to see family or having a family vacation, Pitt Greenville Airport and American Airlines can get you to Charlotte, then anywhere on the map. Save holiday time by parking right at the PGV terminal. Save time with short lines and ticketing and security. Save time by not driving an hour and a half to a big city airport. Check out the competitive rates offered at aa.com and support your local Pitt Greenville Airport this holiday season. Join a company that values you. Be a part of Grady White Boat's passionate team of happy, successful people. For over 60 years, they've been a community leader. Grady White also leads with excellent pay, benefits, and a caring company culture, including on-site health clinic, 401k, profit sharing, and resources for personal and career development. Job openings in engineering, customer relations, purchasing, leadership, and all stages of boat building, you can have a lifelong career where you truly enjoy your work. Apply in person online at Grady White. Launch your career in healthcare today at nccaregivers.org. Give back to those who need you the most. nccaregivers.org gets you started with 100% reimbursed training. Plus, in six months, you'll receive a $500 bonus. Fast track your healthcare career at nccaregivers.org. Register at nccaregivers.org today. Sponsored by Future Care of North Carolina and the North Carolina Association of Broadcasters in cooperation with this station. Pirate Baseball lives right here on the flagship station of the ECU Pirates, 94.3 The Game. We got Brian Mole off the driving range long enough to talk some college basketball. At BG Mole on Twitter, of course, the uh, Blue Ribbon College Basketball Yearbook. You can still pick it up. It's available everywhere. I walked out of the damn house without that thing last night, Brian. I, you know, I had it kind of some notes uh, that I'd made based on it. I had a few things highlighted, and daggone if I didn't leave it on the uh, on the coffee table last night. Uh, opening night jitters. They're real. They affect everyone. <laughs> Players, officials, coaches, broadcasters. Look, they affected the Pirates at the foul line because uh, the new guys did not shoot well. The veteran guys uh, did not miss a free throw. So, uh, anyway, Brian Mall uh, covers college basketball for numerous outlets. Blue Ribbon is one of them as well. And uh, it's great to have him on with us here. I got to catch the uh, second half of uh, Duke, Kentucky. Had I not been working last night, I'd have, never, I'd have probably been asleep before tip-off. But... Uh, I was impressed with Duke's depth of talent, and I was impressed with the Blue Devils' guard play. Yes, uh, it was a promising sign for Duke coming off a, a, a not a good season. Obviously, last year this was a completely different team. Uh, Wendell Moore looks like he's taken that next step as a leader and uh, someone they can count on, and certainly the, the two freshmen. Kills and Banchero were just uh, terrific all night. Uh, both are going to play for a long time at the next level. And, uh, you know, there's some good size in the front court with Williams and John. I mean, there's it's a different kind of team. I think three-point shooting, they did not shoot ball well last night. I think three-point shooting will be a, 
uh, not necessarily a weakness, but something that they're going to need to make some threes at times to, to win. But uh, it, it's a it's a good-looking team uh, as far as their maturity and their toughness. You know, I told you this, though, uh, a little earlier today. When it comes to Duke, we've all seen this movie before, though, right? Champions Classic, sure. you go out, you kick uh, a top 10 team's uh, tail. You beat them pretty soundly. You're off to a really great start. And then somewhere along the way, Mike Krzyzewski, who has forgotten more basketball today than I probably will ever know, uh, that rotation gets a little tight. Those legs get a little heavy in March. Yeah, he's uh... – It'll be interesting to see how he handles this team because uh, from the cheap seats where I sit, it looks <laughs> like he's got eight eight guys um, that can help in different ways, uh, kind of a, a variety of, of talent. And, uh, you know, a guy like Baker, who, who might be the seventh or eighth guy, is one of the guys that can make some threes. But he has a role. But we all know that, uh, you know, Chesky has no problem playing guys 35-plus minutes, <laughs> and that doesn't leave a lot of opportunity for those guys on the bench. So that will, we'll see if maybe Shire, Farewell, those guys have a little more influence uh, and uh, can develop that bench because they're certainly going to need it to stick all the way. Yeah, do you think that that is something we're going to see a little more of uh, this year? I think that'll be interesting to watch. How much will we actually see John Shire making – decisions at key moments during the game or will we you know i feel like he's always had chefsky's ear uh, i feel like uh, certainly we know he's running the team but uh i think there's one man that's making the decisions all the time. right it's gonna be the same one yeah uh, maybe more maybe more input in uh, just team development and and pre-game i know he relies on them heavily for the scouting and maybe more develop, maybe more uh, you know responsibility for them in that area. But in game, it, it seems like he's got a pretty clear idea of, of what they need to do. Yeah, uh, we got Brian Mull with us at BG Mull on Twitter. You can follow him there. Uh, Brian, uh, give me a little bit of uh, some other games that caught your uh, eye last night, or some other results that caught your eye last night. Well, uh, not a ideal evening for the ACC. Uh, when you're Pittsburgh and you schedule the Citadel or you're Virginia and you schedule Navy or you're Georgia Tech and you schedule Miami of Ohio, you, you generally think you're going to be 1-0 on the on the 10th of November. But uh, all three of those teams lost at home to uh, mid-majors who are not necessarily even expected to win their respective conferences. So a little bit of going back to the drawing board. Uh, Clemson also struggled mightily with the uh, Presbyterian. Yeah. Kind of a bottom half team in the Big South. Uh, Clemson's got some real scoring problems again, it looks like. <laughs> they're going to they're gonna have a hard time getting to 70 on a lot of nights. So a uh, little bit of division there. But uh, hats off to Duger, Buckham, and the Citadel. Right. One of the most difficult jobs in America go up to Pittsburgh and just not just win, but basically beat them wire to wire. Uh, good night for the American. Uh, the AAC went uh, unblemished last night on opening night. Although Speedy Claxton's Hofstra pride uh, gave the uh, Houston Cougars everything they could handle. They, they did. Uh, they, they 
went went down to Houston uh, without the services of their best player, who's uh, probably you know in the running for player of the year in that league. He was out with an ankle injury, yet uh, still led the game by six to ten points until the last three or four minutes. And of course, Houston made a made a move and uh, tied it up in overtime, and then just kind of ran away with it from there. But uh, a little troubling for for Calvin Sampson's crowd that uh, his team didn't. Didn't respond until the last five minutes, and then uh, Wichita State needed some some heroics of their own. I don't know if you saw that shot. I did. Tyson. Yeah. I mean, he, he, he had that from the logo to win it. <laughs> that had some Steph Curry uh, <laughs> Steph Curry action on it there. I, I think the guy defending him felt like he was safe there, but uh, it's wrong. Who is it that did that in the NBA a few years ago? Dame Lillard did it to eliminate the uh, OKC a few years ago. It, sure it, it was reminiscent it's of that reminiscent. shot. Yeah, it really was. Uh, Brian Mull with us here. Memphis uh, just pounds t- Tennessee Tech to be expected. Uh, they'll be in the top ten, I would think, if uh, not by the next poll in a couple weeks. Uh, we saw Tony Matlock last night. He was a longtime assistant uh, for Penny Hardaway. Uh, has known Penny for years, played with him at uh, Memphis State and uh, was on Penny's staff here for the last few years. So he, knew, he had a pretty good game plan for ECU last night. He's familiar with them. I thought, uh, you know, I, I think Coach Madlock. No offense to South Carolina State, but it seems like he's they've got a they've got a coach. Maybe for a first time head coach, they've got one that usually you don't see at that level um, of of MEAC basketball. Uh, you're getting kind of younger guys that are starting out in their first. You, you don't see a veteran guy, you know, who's uh, really really uh, seasoned. And uh, has has learned at uh, the knee of some really great basketball coaches. Uh, but I was talking to Coach Madlock about Penny last night in, in Memphis, and they essentially uh, they have quality at every position. They may have the best recruiting class in the country. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, uh, Amani Bates is is the real deal. Like he, he he's a uh, surefire lottery pick, I mean, potential. National Player of the Year candidate. If, if all goes well, you know, if Memphis is in the top of, of the polls all year, which certainly is feasible, uh, they, they are they are very good. They're they're deep enough. Uh, they have been a very good defensive team pretty much in the last year or so under Penny. And I would think that would continue with the length and size they have, and, and uh, you know his emphasis on that end of the court. And now they have more guys that can put it in the hoop. So I think uh, that that's a team that will be. Near to be threatening the one line in, in, in the bracketology, and uh, could certainly make make some history there and take take the Tigers back to the Final Four. For the first time since Derrick Rose had them there. Yeah. By the way, um, Coach Medlock's uh, kid TJ, top uh-huh. ten player out of Tennessee, went with his dad to to Orangeburg and plays for South Carolina. He's <laughs> If he stays at the MEAC, he'll be running that that league. And I mean, he's he's he could have gone about anywhere and went right. went to follow his dad, and was just sensational last night. And you could just see, all right, he's a freshman. He made some freshman mistakes. He's going to be really, really good though. Uh, so there's a name to keep an eye out on, uh, Brian. I will. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So cool. So cool to see that. Uh, love it. Uh, I mean. What a and look, you what and, a look, cool we're, experience. we're not Miak hater. You and I have done Miak games together in the past. I mean, sure. we're we're you know we're we're part of the voice of choice, baby. We love uh, some Miak hoops. 
But uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we we're, we're big on it. That that league's taken some dings here recently, though. Uh, you, I know you kind of have. Uh, Watch what Joe had to say afterwards. Probably haven't had much of a chance to take a look at the game. I thought you would today, but apparently it was too nice to not go hit golf balls, right? 78. Yeah, I know. Uh, know. 7-iron was calling. Yeah, I I understand. I understand. Uh, But, you know, I could tell you, and I know you've you've talked to Joe a lot in the offseason, there were some things that it it seemed like that apparently they did do and were doing in the preseason – and it's almost like kind of reverting back to bad habits last night with some of the older guys. And then, I don't know if maybe, you know, some of the younger guys were pressing. But when it came down to winning time, Tristan Newton was there. And this new kid, Brandon Johnson, was was there. So, I found that encouraging. But there were some bad habits. And I think Coach Dooley was a little concerned about that. What what uh, what did you glean from uh, what you uh, saw and uh, what you uh, saw Coach Dooley say afterwards? Uh, he looked pretty frustrated in the post-game press conference. He was trying to put a happy face on and certainly gave South Carolina State a lot of credit uh, for some of the action that they ran, which ECU you know, admittedly was not, not 100% prepared for because it was not what stuff they had done at Memphis or whatever. But um, right, yeah. Yeah, just looking at his own team, you could tell that uh, basically the team that he saw on the court, as he said, was not – the team that he's seen through the preseason, through the scrimmages and uh, just through the daily grind of practice. And some of that uh, he attributed to, the, you know, these kids back in front of fans uh, playing in an arena, uh, you know, a real, more of a real feeling game right. than necessarily we had, uh, you know, last year at times. And I think that that was kind of a story I heard from some coaches around the country. It just uh, kind of, First game jitters, if you will, even from more experienced teams. So uh, I, I think he'll hope to quickly put that performance behind them. And uh, look, Joe's no different than any coach I've ever known. He love they love to win, and yet also have a ton of teaching points. And he yeah. certainly will have that. Uh, plenty of things to stay in their ear about uh, at practice the next day or so. Pirates will play Canisius Friday. Uh, comes from a league that is obviously a tough league that, that, you know, you play one of those older teams from the northeastern part of the country in one of those mid-major or low-major leagues, and those kids are gritty, they're going to shoot it, and they're just tough to deal with, aren't they? They are. I mean, you know, there's uh, and they're going to come down here with nothing to lose, and uh, it's, uh, you know, it's another opportunity. The, the beauty of the non-conference is you're typically exposed to a lot of different styles yeah, of play yeah. and tempos and uh, maybe see some zone and some press and different things. So you should be ready for everything by the time you get into your conference. But uh, you have to adapt in a in a short period of time to personnel that you're not familiar with. And uh, all of those things can be beneficial to you just, you know, as, as your team is growing individually and collectively. But, uh, you know, it's a game East Carolina needs to win and uh, keep building building some momentum because we all know that uh, got to rack up those wins in November and December. They're, they're hard to come by in the American. Uh, Canisius, by the way, lost very close to Miami, uh, played Miami tough down in uh, Coral Gables. All right. Uh, Gonzaga last night, obviously uh, not much of a challenge from uh, Dixie State, but the Zags, as they do, uh, are going to be playing in the next few weeks UCLA again. So that's one versus two. Big matchup there. Sure. Uh, going to be playing. I know Duke coming up. I'm sure I'm leaving somebody off here. Um, 
but Gonzaga's about to uh, about to start. We're, we're about to start to see uh, what we normally see this time of year, and that's Gonzaga out playing. Uh, uh, you know, teams that. Uh, I mean, it's a national schedule that they play in the non-conference. Texas was the other one. Uh, they're going to be playing yeah. Texas here, and, and then they've got Alabama in the non-conference on their schedule. So uh, it's going to be. A- I mean, it'll be a challenging stretch, but I mean, if there's anybody who's ready to go and, and take it on, Mark Few and, and his roster each year. We need more of that, and uh, those games are great. Uh, whether they're in the visiting arena or on a neutral floor, those games, they're fun for the fans. They're better for the teams. Those coaches learn a lot more in a, in a victory or defeat about their team, uh, you know, playing a comp- competition of that caliber than they do uh, winning a game by 30 points against an inferior opponent at home. So uh, I think it's great. Uh, Alabama was talking about Houston's coming to their place. I was watching Nate Oates' press conference last night after they beat a very good Louisiana Tech team. And uh, I, I just think I like to see these top programs, you know, seeking each other out. And uh, whether it's home and home or neutral floor, play the games. Uh, it's great for fans, like I said. And, uh, it really uh, it brings a little bit of juice to this time of the year. All right, Brian Mall, do appreciate it. Brian Mall, uh, Blue Ribbon, your book, uh, doing stuff for all kinds of people. We'll get into it more and more as we visit with him over the next few weeks. But, hey, it's college basketball season. I know you're fired up. So uh, great to have uh, you on. Thanks for taking a few minutes here. Okay, Patrick. Thanks. Have, have a great week. Thanks to Brian Mull for being on with us today. Big job uh, over there by Ben Byram and also intern Courtney. Appreciate that. Uh, tomorrow, we'll hear from Joe Dooley again. Uh, try to get a little one-on-one with Coach uh, tomorrow. That's the plan for the uh, show, plus everything else you need to know. Hear from the uh, Pirate coordinators ahead of uh, ECU's big matchup against the Memphis Tigers on Saturday. Our game day coverage will begin at 9 a.m. with Pirate Game Day Countdown for Bushlight. Also, uh, it's out there, but we're going to have a big announcement for you tomorrow uh, regarding uh, yours truly and uh, some future uh, plans and uh, how that may impact this program. Interesting. It's a cliffhanger. Everything's fine. I just, you know, we've... We're going to tell you about some things I'll be up to in the uh, coming weeks uh, for the foreseeable future. I want you to uh, obviously uh, consume that. So uh, we will be back tomorrow at 5 o'clock. Fresh edition of the Patrick Johnson Show. And uh, we will catch you then. Have a great rest of your evening.